0: Because where I come from, you are who your father before you was. Which means that my father was simply a fisherman, and his father's father was a fisherman, which is why I, too, have become a fisherman. And every single morning, I wake up before the dawn, and I go out to the boat, and we prepare everything so that we could fish. The other day, I was so tired after a long day I was walking home it must have been six o'clock I was tired I was dirty I smelled bad and before I got to my home a Roman soldier stopped me and he said boy carry my pack I was tired but I was more afraid And so for one long mile, step after step, I carried this soldier who knew nothing of me. He was a foreign oppressor coming into my land. And he forced me, humiliated me in front of my friends, of my family, and my countrymen. And he forced me for one mile to carry his pack. With so many Roman soldiers all around, it made me think of something else. Thousands of years earlier. There is a story that is told that our ancestors had become enslaved to another foreign army. That time it was Egypt. Thousands of years later, we still tell the story once a year. We gather in the city of Jerusalem Hundreds of thousands of thousands come to Jerusalem and we remember that once we were slaves, but there was a God who rescued us from that. And we tell the stories that if God did it once, that if God has done it in the past, God can do it again. And so every single year at the Passover when we gather hundreds of thousands of Jews, of there is always talks of a revolt. Hundreds of years earlier, there was a revolt. Our ancestors stood up and put up a good fight, but the Roman army was too strong, and many people died. Every year, my friends and I, we talk about revolt. We say, this is our land. Why is there another army? Why is there another government here who is taking over our land? Why can't we be free to worship in the city of God? I want to tell you what happened today. Today's Sunday, by the way. It's the day that begins the preparations for the entire week of the Passover. I want to tell you what happened. There was a group of us, and we were with this man named Jesus. You may have heard of him. To us, Jesus was just a teacher, a rabbi, an amazing teacher. We believed in him. One day what happened was when I was fishing, Jesus comes to me and my brother, and he says to me, you are a fisherman. But if you follow me, I will make you a fisher of man. Now, I didn't know what that meant, but I just knew that I didn't want to be a fisherman. So I followed this man, Jesus, because he promised that there was something more to life. And so we followed him, a group of 12 of us, nobodies, tax collectors, fishermen. He was our teacher, and he loved us. And so on this one particular day, today, Sunday... As we were on the Mount of Olives Jesus had been kind of feeling like he was he wasn't himself there was something weird that was going on with him and we didn't really know what it was but then he told myself and my brother go into Jerusalem and when you walk in you will find a colt that has never been ridden before untie it and bring it to me and then Jesus says and if anybody tells you anything tell them the lord needs it And he will return it immediately. And so my brother and I, we go there kind of afraid because it's almost like you're stealing something, right? If you're taking something that's not yours, my father always taught me that that's stealing. And so we went and we began to untie this colt and then the owner of it says, what are you doing? And we said exactly what Jesus told us to say. The Lord needs it. We will return it immediately. And the guy let it go. He understood for some reason what was happening. We didn't understand. And when we came back and brought it back to Jesus, the weirdest thing started to happen. People started putting their cloaks, their jackets, their outer garments on top of this colt. And then Jesus got on it, and when he started going, and when he started walking into the city, the weirdest thing started happening. Some people were so poor, they only had one cloak, but what they started to do was to lay it like on the floor, almost like a red carpet for Jesus as he walked in on a colt, a small pony even. And we just walk like we don't know what's happening, but something is happening here. And as we walked into the city, the people that were walking alongside us all of a sudden started saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the man who comes in the name of the Lord. When we use the word Hosanna, there's a deeper meaning to it. It means rescue us. Rescue us. Mighty are you. There's something else that happened on this same day today. On the other side of town, Pontius Pilate, the ruler of our area, the governor, came into town as well. But Pontius Pilate came in with an entire Roman imperial procession. They had chariots of war. They had the, the hundreds of soldiers in their attire for war. They had their spears, they had their swords, they had their lances. They had their horses were armored, they had chariots, and on it they had a banner. And on that banner, it said, Caesar is Lord. The Roman army, what they do is whenever they conquer a new land and they come into the city, they have banners that say things like Caesar is Lord or blessed is the name of Caesar. There was was even one that says that Caesar is the savior of the people and this they called the good news anytime the roman army conquers a new land a new city they come in with this imperial procession but the reason that pontius pilate came into this city is because he knew that there was hundreds of thousands of jews who talked about revolt And he came in because he wanted to let us know with his army, with the most powerful army in all of the world, he comes in today to this very city to remind us that revolt is not an option. As we stood there, watching this imperial procession, something finally clicked in my mind. Something finally clicked. Pontius Pilate comes in to represent the Roman Empire. Pontius Pilate comes in to say, we are rulers of all the world. And on the other side of town, Jesus, he walks in on a colt. Hardly a war horse. The kingdom of Rome was about domination They would come into a land and conquer it overnight, and they would set up their kingdom there, their empire. It was spreading like wildfire. Some people called Jesus a king. Jesus was always saying things like, the kingdom of heaven, it is here, it is now, it is at hand. And we were kind of like, well, we love you, Jesus, you're an awesome guy. Sometimes you say things and we just don't get it, but you always manage to get us fed, and so we follow you because we don't want to be fishermen or tax collectors. And so Jesus was always saying these weird things, but we were just like, whatever. But on this day, I remembered as I opened the scroll of the prophet Zechariah. Zechariah said this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt, on the fowl of a donkey. On this very day, what Jesus had been saying for years began to make sense. We were used to Roman armies and empires coming in and taking our whole land by power. Jesus was called a king. He was called the son of God. And on this day, I was reminded that the kingdom of heaven that Jesus had been so desperately talking about had nothing to do with imperial power. For the kingdom of heaven doesn't need a government for it to flourish. The kingdom of God doesn't need an army to be able to conquer other lands and impose its will. For the first time, I realized that the kingdom that Jesus was talking about was one that didn't demand an army or power or domination. It finally began to make sense when Jesus would say silly things like, if somebody strikes you on the right cheek, turn to them your left. If someone demands their cloak, give them everything. It began to make sense that what Jesus was actually trying to teach us was that the only way to live is not the way of power and and domination and imperial procession of Rome, but the best way to live was the way of Jesus where the the way that you gain power in the kingdom of heaven is when you serve others. Jesus was brilliant, and we didn't even know it. We had not realized that what Jesus had been teaching us all along was that he wasn't going to be a king that overthrew Rome, because somebody else could overthrow that kingdom too. We finally realized that the kingdom that Jesus was talking about was one that would spread without needing a government or a king or a caesar or a governor. We didn't need any of that because the kingdom of heaven is not concerned with how much land we own. The kingdom of heaven is concerned with how well we can love one another and that transform and changes the world. Today is Sunday. And for the first time, things began to make sense. There was another prophecy. As I look at my scroll, there was another prophecy over 500 years earlier that said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. There was this prophecy that we memorized and we talked about that the prophet Malachi had written, but then 500 years had passed. We had no idea until today that Jesus was the king that we were waiting for. But he was not here to overthrow a government or an empire. Jesus was here to change the world. Jesus is here to show us that the best possible way to live is by serving one another. There are some people that still don't believe that Jesus is the one we were waiting for. Even amongst the 12, there are some of us who, although we want to believe it, we're still not sure. One thing I do know, that on this day, When the Roman army enters to conquer, Jesus' power far surpasses that of an army. This man, Jesus, in the three years that we have known him, has already changed the way we see the world. This man, Jesus, is teaching us that we don't care about the land that we own. We just want to follow him. We've tried to follow him the best we could. As any good teacher does, he scolds us sometimes because we don't always understand what he's trying to teach us. We know the Bible. We know we know the scrolls of the prophets and the book of Moses. We know the law. We know all of that. But Jesus is teaching us so much more that we just want to follow. On this day, it is clicking in our mind more and more that this is the king that we have been waiting for. And my friends and I have decided that we will follow him no matter where he goes. Now, I know you don't know me, but this Jesus has been faithful to me, to my brother, and to my friends. And I want to encourage you to give this Jesus a try because he will never let you down. His invitation has been to everyone he has met, follow me follow me. He said things like, I will give you an abundant life. He says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He even says things like, you are more than conquerors. It's like he can see what we can't see. It's like he can see into the future, and that's why we trust him. And so you see, I was a simple fisherman with no future. But the fact that I decided to follow Jesus has made all the difference in my life.
1: Sing with us, God, you reign.
2: You pay. the night You call, call them, them by my name. My name the skies pro- Forever and ever God, you reign You part the seas You move the mountains With the words that
3: you say
2: My song reads. you.
0: As you may notice, um, there's a lot of exciting things happening here um, in the City of Orange and in the Church of Orange. And this morning, I want to take just a moment. She's playing the piano, and I may have messed this up, but she, uh, Genevieve is someone that some of you have seen before, um, and we have just recently added her to our team here at the Orange Seventh-day Adventist Church. You may see it in your bulletin, um, but she is helping us create and reimagine what worship service can look like. Um, She has put probably more hours in than I have in the last two months. And I know that sounds bad, but she works that hard. Um, We've spent countless hours just trying to imagine how we could glorify God and give honor to God through the worship, through the word, through the music. And so I want to make sure that you get to know Genevieve Nelwyn. And she's going to keep playing. Do you have something to say to us as we... Well...
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. I'll stop playing. (laughs) Um, It's my pleasure to be here, and I'm so excited to be able to reimagine worship with you. Um, There's a lot of things that we have in mind here, especially this month, but before I even go there, first of all, I wanted to introduce you to the new worship team, and that would be Teresa Sarada, if I could ask you to stand as I mentioned your name. She was in charge today. Asalia Holness, Dave Calder, he's hiding somewhere. Oh, he's, in oh, the back. he's, he's behind in the, the <laughs> Vicki Murphy, Karen Dixon. These will be the people who will be approaching you and asking you to be a part of worship. And before you sit down, all of those that were part of the worship task force committee, would you please stand as well? Because we spent countless hours trying to reimagine worship for you. Amen. Thank you so much. The next following weeks, we continue the Easter series. And next week, you will be within the walls of the compartment, the room in which Jesus had his Last Supper with his disciples. The story will be told by Judas himself, and you will be partaking in that Last Supper. On the 16th will be the darkness of the Garden of Gethsemane, and you will experience Jesus' agony as he felt so alone and desperately alone. But the following week after that, he is risen. Amen? Amen. Easter. And that will be a very special Sabbath in which we hope you can invite your friends and family. You'll see a very different church format. We will be having brunch. No Sabbath school. It's kids' activities. So please bring your friends and family. There's going to be lots of music, drama, and all kinds of fun things. And then the fifth Sabbath, Jesus will be leaving us. But he's going to give us some instructions on what we need to do to carry on his work.
0: You know, one of the things that um, when we talk about evangelism, we we think of crusades or campaigns and we think of outdoor tents and we think of images of the beast. But what we're doing here on Sabbath morning is our weekly way of trying to share with people about who Jesus is. If there's a family member, a friend that you have that you know would be maybe is asking some questions, this is the time to bring them. But especially on on, um, Easter weekend or what we call Resurrection Weekend, um, invite your friends and family to come. Um, we, what we're trying to do here, and, and what I told Genevieve before I even hired her, before we did, but before I talked to her, is we are learning to be followers of Jesus. And our worship service has to reflect what we believe about Jesus. And so we are going to give it our very best, but we need you to come alongside us as well. So as these brave people approach you, we're in this together, we're a family And we encourage you to be a a part of this body of Christ, um, because together we can have a great impact in just the city of Orange for who Jesus is.
1: I wanted to also mention a few other names, if you don't mind, because they are an integral part of this worship team as well. We have Carol Mountain, who's starting the children's ministry, and children will be a big part of our worship. And Jessica, where's Jessica? disappeared. Uh, They're in the back. And I can't pronounce her last name, so I won't try. But she's going to be leading out the youth and young adults in dramas and skits, so please help her out. And Ned, thank you for all the wonderful things you've done with the bulletin. And I don't want to forget to mention a special, special appreciation to the West Covina Praise Team. Amen. They've come here to model for you what praise worship can be. And they've also um, graciously offered to help in some ways to get ours started. So more on that later. So thank you, you Escovita Praise.
0: Amen. Next week, there will be another surprise that you need to come back to. It has nothing to do with me, but there's a surprise that you'll want to be here um, for. So with that said, may you bow your heads with me as we pray. Oh, gracious God, we are thankful. That you are a God who doesn't leave us alone. That you are a God who has committed to be with us till the very end, which happens to be the new beginning. God, I pray that as your spirit fills this church and fills each one of our lives, that we will continue to give honor and glory to you in everything that we do. We want to be a faithful church, Lord. We've seen your hand moving already. And so our prayer is that we would continue to be faithful to you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
3: Oh, bless the Lord with me, for he is worthy to be praised. Oh, bless the Lord with me, for he is worthy to be praised. blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna. blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna. blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation.